Well, hello, Gary. Um, let's start today with a question about inflation. In particular, how do economists measure inflation anyway? Well, Paul, inflation is an increase in the general or overall level of prices of goods and services for what we call a basket of goods and services that we consume over a period of time like a year. And so economists like to compare inflation as an annual rate of change in, in percent. So an inflation rate of, say, 4% would mean that the overall cost of the basket of goods you purchased last year for $1 would cost $1.04 this year. So, you know, and inflation is a rising price level, which, you know, question it's how much is it rising each year um so they don't go back down again you know that unless you have something called deflation and you know deflation is the opposite that's a falling overall price level and that you typically only see in a severe recession so that's really <laughs> bad news or a depression <laughs> or, or a depression yes yeah. it's even worse than a depression and cha changes in the inflation rate or the rate of increase in the overall price level are, are measured in, se in several ways. You know, the two most common measures are the consumer price index or CPI that's calculated monthly by the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the personal consumption expenditure price index or PCE that's calculated by the Bureau of Economic Analysis. Living increases, you know, especially notable within the case of Social Security benefits. Well, Gary, uh, what are the recent inflation statistics telling us about inflation and how much did inflation rates actually fall in 2023 <laughs> compared to 2022? Okay, well, the, the Consumer Price Index uh, measures inflation, again, for a basket of goods and services of consumer products. And in 2023, it rose at a 3.3% annual rate, according to the, the current data, um, which may be revised a little bit up or down. Um, about half, that 3.3% that annual rate is about half of the 6.4% rate of increase it recorded in 2022. So that's very good news on the CPI. Uh, the Fed uses an alternative measure of inflation, the one, uh, the personal consumption expenditures price index, when it sets its 2% inflation rate goal. Um, you know, and again, that's another measure based on prices consumers pay for a set of goods and services. We will have a new PCE um, inflation data point that's out next week but you know through november of 2023 the that inflation rate rose at a 2.6% over the prior 12 months at 6.2.6% at an annual rate and again that's well below its 5.9% um, annual rate of increase um in the same for the same basket of goods and services in 2022 so again Good good news from that that indicator as well. So you know while inflation has been falling, it just isn't down to the two percent a year inflation rate yet that Fed policymakers would like to see, and really they don't expect to see that to happen. It'll get close to that in 2025 by year in 2025, and you know probably hit that by you know year in 2026 according to their recent projections. Well, on a side topic. Uh... Uh, politically uh, opponents of incumbents love to see the economy go bad before the election. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I've heard that. As you've heard that before. Um, yep. Okay, Gary, uh, don't economists also follow something called core inflation? That's C-O-R-E. 
Yes, and core inflation tends to be less volatile um, over short periods of time. So if you plot the core inflation rate and the overall inflation rate on a chart, the, the core inflation rate will show fewer spikes and slumps than the overall inflation rate. Thus, the core inflation rate can be a more useful tool for evaluating emerging trends in inflation. Well, uh, why is the core inflation rate more stable? Well, this is a, this is a uh, only this is an answer that only economists can can appreciate. Uh, core inflation for either the CPI or the PCE price index exhibits more stable inflation because two very volatile but important components, uh, food and energy prices, are not included in the core inflation data. You know, of course, we're all aware of you know higher food and energy prices every time we go to the store or fill up the car, uh, but they they bounce up and down a lot and they they tend to move the indicators. Um, but over a long period of time, both the core and the overall numbers tend to move pretty closely together. Okay, let's shift gears, Gary. Um, this week, the Federal Reserve published the Beige Book, and it has been in the news. What is that survey based on, and how is it used? And Gary, <laughs> why is it called that? The survey is known as the Beige Book because the cover is beige, you know, remember, we're talking about economists here, uh, <laughs> not designers. Uh, the Beige Book is released two weeks before each of the eight um, regularly scheduled monetary policy meetings the whole Fed holds each year. And that next meeting is at the end of January. So it's coming right up. You know, and at, at that at those meetings, the policymakers are evaluating data on economic and financial conditions and risks and outlooks to the economy. What's the appropriate monetary policy for the economy? They're likely debating that, of course. Um, and they, you know, based on information, including the available data and the surveys they have. And this particular survey um, is, is very current. Well, Gary, do you personally look at that survey and do you think it's useful? Oh, yes. I, I use particularly the national summary all of the time. The, the Beige Book survey, you know, I think is especially useful because it is conducted by each of the 12 Federal Reserve Banks, and it's conducted only three weeks before the policy meeting. So it's very up to date, very current. Um, and, and then the summaries from each of the 12 regional reserve banks are often are, are then used to prepare a, a national summary. So, you know, again, the Beige Book information is very current, just just a week old. Um, so, Gary, how many contacts might participate in the survey? Is it a small group or, or how large is it? And why is it a useful tool for the Fed as it's published? Well, uh, but yeah, uh, the national and regional survey results are published and available on the Federal Reserve Board website. Um, if you go out and text you know, <laughs> Google um, Beige book. The national results typically would be based on the survey comments from hundreds of contacts across the nation. And those comments can provide you know, up-to-date insights into economic conditions and, and the industries where these you know, contacts work, the firms, um, as they would have assessments of current economic and financial conditions and expected future conditions you know and, and one of the other advantages of this survey is because it's you know done it you know just before the meeting is that they the reserve banks can actually tailor the questions to you know economic concerns or conditions and again you know the beige book 
was published uh, that was published this week was conducted just a week ago. So it is very up to date in terms of the available anecdotal information on the economy. Um, and we'll, you know, we won't be getting the actual data for for weeks in some cases or months. Okay, Gary, one more question. I suppose you've already looked at this week's beige book. What struck <laughs> you about this survey? How is the economy actually doing? Well, Paul, overall, I'd say it suggests that the uh, economy may have slowed down a little bit from the more rapid pace it was expanding at, at in the second half of 2023. And that's both good news and bad news. The the economy really couldn't continue to grow as fast as it had been in the last half of 2023 without likely causing the inflation rate to start rising again. So the, the good news is that the slower growth makes for a, a soft landing with the inflation rate continuing to fall and the economy avoiding recession and continuing to grow. Um, and that's, you know, that's consistent. We've seen that, you know, the inflation rate has generally been down, trending down and the beige book results, you know, support that assessment. Labor markets are generally tight. And again, there might be a little, some signs of um, loosening up, but, uh, you know, Beige Book is looking at labor markets is still tight. So, you know, overall, the January 2024 Beige Book anecdotal survey results are telling a pretty similar story to what we've been seeing in the trends in the economic statistics and in recent private forecasts, you know, slowing inflation, no recession, soft landing. So, it's useful. Thanks, Gary. Thanks a lot. And talk to you in a couple of weeks. Okay. Thank you, Paul. I've been speaking with KVMR's money guy, Gary Zimmerman, about the economy. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco and is currently a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria. He teaches courses in economics and finance.